Yo, yo, yo. Keith Ferrante here. How's everybody doing? Just coming to you from beautiful Orange County, right at my house. Um, I've just had a wonderful adventure in Europe with my wife and I. God opened up some beautiful doors. And, you know, this journey to Europe started about in 2022 in November. And some of you have heard about it, but uh, I just I want to I want to go back to it because when I was over in Portugal, the last day of being in Portugal, the Lord gave me a blueprint for 2023 and for also for taking our our land, our spiritual land, apprehending the promises of God. And I wrote a book out of it called Engage. It's time to engage and put it out for 2023. Well, we're coming to the close of 2023 right now. We're in December, December 12th, when I'm actually doing going live and doing this, this uh, post. And um, Lord was reminding me of this, this blueprint because I've now journeyed through the year. And I was looking back and he was like, hey, look at, I want you to look and see some of these things that actually have taken place. This is a blueprint and I believe it's a blueprint for many of us to really lay hold of in the future as we keep going forward. There's some things God showed me out of the life of Joshua, the, the journey of uh, through the book of Joshua and how he took the land and helped his Israelite brothers and sisters take their land and handed out inheritances and what they did right, the few mistakes they made, and um, and just, you know, having to walk through that journey. So I just want to take a couple minutes and just review some things. Yeah, and one one more thing. The Lord told me, actually there was one chapter I missed putting in here. So I want to just that that chapter was about testimony and to review the testimonies. And uh one of the things that we see in the life of uh, Joshua is that when they when they went through the Jordan River and it, 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 you know, the, the, the land dried up and they walked across it with the army. Then they posted and they put memorial stones to remember the testimonies. And I didn't put that in there. It was interesting when I was, the book was already out. The Lord said, you missed, you missed a print, you missed a king, you know, a kingdom principle testimony. And in this year, that has been a big, a big part of my journey is reviewing the testimony. Because as you're going into the new land, the land God wants to give you, um, you have to review where he's given you land before or else you become discouraged. Psalm 78, the men of Ephraim, though armed for battle, they turn back on the day of battle. They forgot the testimonies. So testimony is super important. It's something that I review constantly as I'm stepping into new land. And one of the chapters in, in this book, in uh, it's time to engage, is, is says, what do you want? The question is, what do you want? And... Um, this is something that the Lord began to shout to me actually this year. What do you want, Keith? What do you want? And I was saying things, little things, you know, like every one of us would say if we get an opportunity. It's kind of like uh, if, if you had three wishes, you know, that those that, um, the, the you know, the genie will answer the three wishes. Well, it was kind of like that with the Lord. I said, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? I was thinking, well... At first, I thought, well, you know, you know, create some, 
income that just goes on forever for my family line. And, and I don't feel bad about praying those prayers because I just feel like there's some, that, you know, a father thinks that way. And a lot of us think that way often. But you know what? In this moment, it just felt less than what God wanted me to say. And I began to cry out for nations. God, give me nations. Give me the nations, Lord, for my inheritance. And I know that's, you know, in Scripture. It's asking me and I will give you the nations. And, but in this moment, it just felt so right. But you know what? As I begin to ask him, as I begin to tell him what I wanted, then the Lord actually began to tell me, he began to show me some pictures of some physical houses and things that he wanted to give me. It was so strange. It was, I mean, that's God's so beautiful that way. Whenever you give up a hundredfold, Scripture says, houses, lands, property, he'll give it back to you. So he cares about those things as well. One thing that's been important this year, and I've, I've, I've encountered and I've done is in, our, in chapter 7, and is first fruits belong to the Lord. When Joshua entered the promised land, the first city that they took, they were instructed not to take anything. It belonged to the Lord. And so even for me, as I visited Europe in 2022, and then in 2023, I paid my own way. And uh, when, you know, in 2022, when they gave me an offering, I gave it back. Now, he didn't say the same thing this year, but I had to be careful. I think we just we have to be careful when God is telling us something. You know, sometimes people come in and they, they're, they're there to find the stuff. I want the stuff. I'm taking this land. I want the stuff. I want the stuff. And God wants to give us some good stuff. He cares about that. But he just wants us to make sure our heart has this. It's, it's connected to something bigger. You know, the one that took the five towns and made them 10, got 10 cities. It's like he doesn't have a problem with us, you know, learning to use wealth and increase it. But at the end of the day, he's like, I want you to think bigger. I want you to think city transformations, nation transformations. And this is, this is, this is, you know, have a bigger picture with this. I care about the provision. I want, you know, like there's people that have a gift to create wealth. And I love that. And that's a gift from the Lord. It's not some evil lesser thing to serve the real gifts. No, there is a gift. Deuteronomy 8.18 to create wealth. That is his. My heart really gets my heart really gets very zealous to protect my business friends who get chumped on and, and poked at by folks that, that are like, oh, the money. You gotta give us the money so we can do the real ministry. No, I'm like, come on, guys, no. The the, the Lord said the money was the key to the cities. And so there's nations that are wrestling with all sorts of issues. And what do you think the issue, what, what do you think, who, who is passing legislation at a, na, at a national level? It's those who have the money. And what's, what's why, why, why is wickedness being able to go forward? Because people who could be bought with money and, and maybe some other reasons as well. But so we have to realize money is important. We, it's, it's, it belongs to the Lord, but we can't have this religious view around the money, guys. Uh, so I'm just kind of browsing through some of these keys that I've just seen this year firsthand, the Lord just doing in my own life. You know what? Chapter 13 in here, humility is needed. There was, there, was a, there, was a, there was a meeting that I was supposed to go to. 
that opened a very significant door to me. I didn't know there was a significant door to be opened there. And I didn't want to go to the meeting. I was I was previously two, three years before had gotten beat up a little bit in, in a journey with, with somebody who was insecure. And so I'm like, I ain't going. I ain't going to that meeting. I ain't going back to that meeting. No way. I forgive them, but I don't want to be around them. And it's my wife's like, you got to go. You got to go. Humble yourself. Go to the meeting. So, you know what? I listened to my wife. That's humility. Humility is listening to people. Humility is being teachable. I had to listen. And I ended up going. I humbled myself. I said, all right, I'll just kind of kind of come under the this particular culture and these folks. And I'm going to honor them. And I'm going to bless them. I'm not going to come in hot-headed and on fire and like, come on, like, let's let's fight and I'm just going to come in low. And it was like God opened up a beautiful door as he saw that humility, which 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 an incredible opportunities came on the other side of that door. And I'm just like, wow, humility really is a key, Lord. And he was reminding me of that. This is in this book. Humility is needed. I mean, look at Israel. They, I mean, look, Joshua, the, they, they had to march around Jericho you know, like six days, completely silent. On the seventh day, they marched around, I think, seven times, and then they shouted. Well, that takes humility to keep your mouth shut. It takes humility not to say anything. That You know, sometimes God has us do humbling prophetic acts, humbling worship things. Sometimes, guys, I, I, sometimes people, I've had people heckle, put posts out trying to defame me because of the anointing of the Spirit of God that comes upon me sometimes, which I did not choose, which I was very against, which <clears throat> the expression of the anointing where, where there's like a physical manifestation where somebody's body has moved. and But yet, God didn't seem to care. He gave me that anointing at the most inconvenient place and it increased my ministry and it opened up doors for me and it confronts religion and in its ecstatic manifestation. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes on me, my head shakes. And I'm like, Lord, this is not appropriate in government meetings and with big business guys. It's like, Lord's like, you know, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm dealing with religion, your own and others. Like what's religion? I got to look a certain way. I got to act a certain way. It's like, we're judging people. We're criticizing people. Well, you know, and you look at it in Scripture. When the Spirit of God came upon people, nobody stood up. They fell on their face and they quaked and they shaked and they baked. The problem is some of us, we're judging people that have encountered the presence of God because we don't have enough of the presence of God in our own life. I'm not saying everyone shakes and bakes when they get in the presence of God, but nobody, when they stand before Him, Scripture says every knee will bow. You will bow. You will not be in the power position. You will be in the save me and don't kill me position. But humility sometimes requires me to yield to the Lord in ways that maybe I'm dancing and twirling around in the streets. But you know what? It's amazing. God honors that. He says, you know what? Your humility, you're doing this for me. Not just to be stupid, not to be silly, but to honor me because David danced before the king and he was made fun of. And it's like, no, but the Lord honored that. The Lord found a man after his own heart. And I've just chosen, I've chosen. He is the one I'm here to please, not man. In, in chapter six, encounter the man with the sword. In chapter six in the book, encounter the man with the sword. Remember Joshua, he came to the man with the sword. And he said, who are you 
Who are you for? Are you for us or for our enemies? And, and, the, and the man of the sword, Jesus Christ, and I believe it was Jesus in, 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 in physical form, the leader of the army, says, no, as commander of the Lord, I have come. I'm not for you. I'm not for your enemies. I have come. That's one thing I've learned this year. I've continued to grow and continue to learn. As I've learned in previous years, it's like, hey, this is not a for or against. This is not against flesh and blood. Don't get in the battle of those people are bad. Those nations. We are awesome. They are not. I am awesome. They are not. I hear God. They do not. I'm righteous. They are not. No, don't get into a judgmental. If you get, if you judge, you will be judged. Stay humble. Honor your brothers and sisters, even people that don't know the Lord. This is something that I've really had to fight for because as you go, as you go deeper into your destiny, as you go farther up into places of influence, and you know there is very clear-cut lines for and against. And it's God has called us to be carry the spirit of reconciliation, like Barnabas, to reconcile people of differences and find a way forward. How did how did Barnabas uh, find a way forward for Paul and the apostles? Apostles were like, we ain't gonna have anything to do with Paul. He's been murdering our people. An apostle. Paul, who had been, you know, murdering the people, was wrecked now by the gospel he was persecuting. And this was a moment. What, what, were they going to embrace him? Or was he going to be hurt? I've, I've seen some people that have gotten saved. They're powerful. They're influential. But they were living for the devil before. They were, they were you know, in music. They were, in ath- you know, they were athletes. They were, you know, people in Hollywood, people in government, and now they're going for God. And what happens? The religiosity comes out. Suspicious religious church people wanting to make them grovel and go through all these hoops. It's like, no, the grace of God touches you and radically shifts you. It did it to me. It made me against a four. I had encounters with God that I was opposed, uh, uh, you know, about. And then I went from, oh God, I missed it. I'm like a I was like Paul. I was against and I went to four. I'm like, I'm not going to be a judger anymore, Lord. And I have mercy for people that judge me. But it's, it's, it's like, don't, don't judge, guys. Don't judge. It's hurting you. It's hurting your favor. Don't judge things you don't understand. Guys, I, something just maybe, maybe this is, uh, you know, this is, this is another chapter. Chapter 10. Don't fight with your brothers. Don't fight with your brothers in the Lord. Why is it that when someone has a moral failure, we just want to throw them under the bus? We're fighting with our brother. When a leader has a moral failure, we want to throw him under the bus. We want to say also, oh yeah, I knew that. I knew something was off about that person. Do you think that would be Jesus? All the rest of the religious leaders are like, yeah, throw stones at this woman caught in adultery. Jesus was like, he who has sin, no sin, throw the first stone. Why are we throwing stones so much? You can't go into the promised land. And fight with your brothers. You're supposed to be there to restore them. Paul was just... Getting an awakening. He was a murderer. Now he's awakened. What are you going to do? Judge him? Make him go through a bunch of stuff? Oh, yeah. See, I knew it. See, he got what's coming. He's blind. Are you going to be a part of restoring them? This is the gospel. Religion criticizes. Religion judges. Religion gets in debates. Religion lives on opinions. Don't do that, guys. There's a fivefold of religion, and then there's a fivefold in the kingdom. Don't be a part of the religious fivefold. Judgment, debate, opinion, legalism. All these things, the five things. 
can't remember them specifically right now, but like, don't get into religion. Keep mercy. What do you think? Pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. What? This is, this is the kingdom of God. What are pastors? They're distributors of mercy. What are evangelists? Distributors of mercy, bringing people into the fold again that are lost. The true pastors go after those that are out of the fold, that, ever, that have left the fold. They're broken. They're hurt. They're damaged. They're sinning. They're in bondage. The evangelists go after the lost. The, the pastors go after those that used to be at serving the Lord, but that got, bur- that got burned, that got hurt. Like, guys, why do we throw our, our believers under the bus, our, our loved ones, when they fall? Shouldn't we be there to pick them up and add salve to them like the... Like the evangelist, uh, Good Samaritan, that took this man that was against, that everyone was against, and he loved on him, he healed him. He, that's who we're supposed to be. If we're going to take the land, we cannot be fighting against our brothers. It's not a for or against. So many people make it for or against. There's things in the world America and China, Russia and Ukraine, Israel and, uh, you know, the Pal- Palestinians. You name it, on and on and on and on and on. There's, you know, this, this, this Baptist church against this Pentecostal church. This, like, black against white. Guys, Scripture says there's neither male nor female, rich nor poor, Jew nor Gentile. We are one in Christ. Woo! Come on, come on, come on, come on. This takes wisdom, guys. Yes, there's issues that we need to deal with. There's some bad guys that God wants to deal with in his justice system. He will deal with some folks, but we may need to be extending mercy to someone that we think they need judgment. Judgment! Sometimes God's justice, Zechariah says, administer true justice. Zechariah 7, I believe it is. Show mercy. Sometimes justice is mercy. Sometimes we want judgment. We want heads lopping, lopped off. We want all this. God said, don't fight with your brothers. Chapter 10, if you're going to take the land, don't fight with your brothers. It's right out of Joshua, the, 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 the life of Joshua. Woo, just giving you, throwing out some seed from, from, from the book and from my journey this year and what God has just been continually having to remind me of. Got to listen to the Spirit of God. This is one of the chapters here. You got to listen to the Spirit of God. If you're not listening, you'll be deceived. The giving that deception. They didn't listen. They didn't inquire of the Lord. You must listen. Why do people have such a problem with people hearing God? Why is it I, I get out there and people have oh prophets aren't for today, prophetic isn't for today. What? Let's just boil that down and just kind of remove the the battle with those words and just say what what is what's prophecy? What's prophet? Hearing God. Prophets are those. To help others hear God and connect with their family, their father. My sheep know my voice. That's the part of the fivefold prophets to help others connect to God. What's the religious form? What's the religious enemy to the prophets? Religion. You got to go through all this, do this, do that, dress this way, look this way. You got to act all neatly in order means having no spirit of God on you. You got to do all this if you want to please God. No, you're already pleasing to God. God wants to connect you. That's what prophets are fighting for, to connect you to the spirit of God. Why would you fight against that? Shara prumbre and the fivefold, the fivefold, we need the fivefold. We need teachers, not debate. Religion has debate, just opinion, debate, judgment, criticism. Teachers have the revelation of Jesus. 
the revelation of his finished work, of his mercy. Of If your teaching cuts ears off, if your teaching creates elitism, if your teaching makes you feel better than someone else. I've had people, I've heard people, many people preach on the grace of God in such an elitist way, like, if you don't have my grace message, you're not even in. I'm like, so you have grace, but you're not gracious? I understand, because it used to be that way. But that's not what the true teachers do. Teachers are an anointing. Jesus taught not as the religious leaders, but as one who had authority. Signs and wonders followed his teaching. He says, I didn't come to preach with witty words, but with a demonstration of power. So your faith would not rest on words, but on power. So we taught with power. He says, yes, we use spiritual words. In, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, it talks about that. 1 Corinthians 2, I believe, we use spiritual words. Now, yeah, we, we do teach, but it's, it's foolishness to the, to, you know, to the world. But it's what the kingdom is built on. Come on, guys, we're going to advance the kingdom. We've got to not have a religious spirit. We've got to have the true anointing from the Lord. We've got to have humility. We've got to encounter the man with the sword. And what happened when the, Joshua encountered the man with the sword? The man with the sword said, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. He says, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. The, the thing the Lord wanted to say to him was, hey, I want you to be set apart and holy. Set apart. That's not something you can do by your effort. It's a gift that you do when you encounter the man with the sword. When you encounter Jesus, he's set apart. So you are set apart. Be holy as he is holy. He's set apart. So are you. You're not just set apart from sin. That's a part of holiness. But you're set apart to be blessed. To, in, to get your set into the resources of heaven. Some people just stop at, oh, you're set apart from sin, but they don't go in. What is holiness? It's a position where you're now in. Ephesians 2, you're sitting above so that you can, you can, you can uh, uh, be, uh, you know, uh, in, enjoy all of the, the gifts of the ages to come. Woo! It's yours, it's yours, it's yours. So guys, just, just thinking through this year, man, what a good year. God's opened up some doors. He's, I prayed all year, prayed all year, prayed all year for America. And then God opened a you know, European door. Went to Europe and then he began to open American doors. Because I've prayed for America and I've prayed for Europe. I've been praying for Europe the last months now, getting a word for each state, a nation. I've prayed for every, you know, um, State in America, getting a word for every state, getting a prophetic word, getting my heart, getting my prayer wrapped around it. And then I get like a single motto for each state, each nation, just so I can kind of, it's a quick, easy, you know, like pull up and I can, like, guys, this is, this is something God wants us to have. If you want to, if you want the land, chapter 15 of this book, what do you want? If you want it, you got to start praying for it. I know years ago, I learned God would not give you any nation, any state, any person, any uh, any realm of influence if you don't have a heart for it. you got to get a heart. How, the best way that I know how to get a heart is by prayer. And I just get my arms around people. I start believing them. I start getting God's heart for them. Because I know God wants to give us the nations, but not to be over them. Yes, he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you the nations and you're going to rule them. But that rulership looks like humility. That rulership looks like serving. That rulership looks like solving problems. That rulership looks like reconciling. That rulership looks like restoring people that are in sin back to God's righteousness and, and bringing prodigals home and, and, and stepping in to the fullness of the presence of God. 
bringing heaven to earth. That's the prayer on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Religion wants you just to have a form without any power. Don't have anything to do with that, Scripture says. The power is needed. The voice of God is needed. The solutions are needed. What do you think Daniel was doing when he was ministering to government leaders? Bringing the voice of God, not good counsel, the wisdom of God, interpreting dreams. What was Joseph doing? Interpreting dreams, prophetic. He was operating and hearing God. He was <coughs> solving problems for nations and vision of leaders. And it gave him favor. When you solve problems, God will give you favor. When you, when you bring... <coughs> When you help begin to define what the vision is for the world around you, God will give you favor. This is our time, guys, to take a land. But the land is not just our land. The land is for someone else. It's, it's for the kingdom of God. It's, it, it'll bless your family. But it'll honor the kingdom of God. And, and let me just this close with one thing. One of the one of the chapters in here, chapter 11, you got to honor the fathers. If you're going to take the land, you got to honor the fathers. In Joshua, when he took the land, he didn't dishonor Moses. He had, Moses had been his mentor. He continued to honor him. Even though Moses did not come into the promised land, Joshua went in. He did not think, I'm better than you. Lord, forgive us for thinking we're better than our mentors. No, the sign of our effectiveness is we've gone. We've taken land that they have not taken, but we wouldn't be here without them. I mean, I literally have been stepping into land that my grandpa told me about when he was a kid. And he, he seeded my mind with my grandpa, Lou Allen, would seed my mind with... Thoughts of impacting nations and 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 kings and and uh, and that he partnered with people that did that and it's like I'm walking in the fruit of my grandparents and in in the in the fathers and mothers my own parents and and, and spiritual fathers and mothers I'm not here on my own I am a hundred percent not here on my own and God is like you got to continue to honor your fathers it means you value them it doesn't mean you agree with everything it means you value them but you continue to take your place you don't go back you don't stick. A man of wisdom, you know, brings out of his storehouse new wine, then old. You bring the new wine, then the old, but you got to keep bringing the new. You got to keep bringing the new, but don't lose honor for the old. This is important if we're going to move forward. Don't throw off the old. Oh, the old, I'm not sticking for that. No, honor the new and honor the old. But don't get stuck in the old. <clears throat> Cherish it, protect it, but God has some new things. God has some new things. As we go into 2024, guys, the glory of the Lord is going to meet us. Psalms 24. I know many prophets have already been saying that, but the Lord showed me that so clear. This is the year of the glory of the Lord. What's the glory of the Lord? The goodness of God. I will no longer hide my face from you, for I will pour out my glory. Lord, show us your glory. What is your glory? Your, I, will, I, will, I will pour out my goodness. I will pour out my goodness. The goodness of God is the is, is the glory of God revealed. God's going to show us his goodness. We're going to eat of the fruit of the land. We are eating of it now. This is the year, 2023, of, of planting and reaping, sowing and reaping. This year, the third year, 2023, where the, the good shepherd is leading us. He's been leading us through the valley of the shadow of death. Now he's sitting us at the table. In the presence of our enemies, now the goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Expect as we go into 2024, goodness, when the world is saying wicked, no, the righteous will shine. Revelation 3 says in the, to the church of Thyatira, you've held, my, you've held the ground. Even though you've been small, you've held the ground. So I will keep you from what's coming on the earth. Guys, we need to expect and believe. We're going to be blessed when the world is going through what it's going through. We're going to be Goshen, the land of Goshen. 
Egypt, when Egypt was under the curse, the Israelites were under the blessing. We need to expect we're going to be blessed. And then you know what? The people that listened to the Lord, even some of the Egyptians that listened, they got blessed. They got into Goshen in a sense. Expect that the world's going to be blessed. Don't expect, oh, we're Christians. I'm going to be protected. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to, I'm going to, the God's going to. No, God's heart is the whole world. He wants to rain down on the righteous and the unrighteous. But he has values eventually that he says, hey, you've got to honor my values if you want to stay under my blessing. So Lord, Jesus, give us wisdom as we move forward. It's time to engage. It's time to engage. It's time to engage. It's time to engage your land. Continue moving forward. If you made mistakes this year, just repent. Just say, God, I'm sorry. And keep moving forward. Expect his grace and mercy to cover you and step into your new day. Guys, maybe some of you guys should get this book and, and really review it and, and pray. You can get it on Kindle version or you can get it in physical copy. And come on, there's still a blueprint from the Lord. The Lord, like I said, the Lord was showing me. This is, this is what you're walking in. The key is here, Keith. You've been, you've been fleshing those out throughout the whole year. So come on. Woo! So good to see you guys. I've, I've really enjoyed our journey together. I hope you are just embracing the goodness of the Lord and letting Him speak to you and be a blessing to you. If you like this podcast and this YouTube, just share it with some folks and have an amazing day. We would love to, we would love to hear with you and partner with you and we, we would love your prayers. As God has opened up many doors of effectual service for us, we would love your partnership. And um, so we just, we bless you guys. Have an amazing day.